0: back everybody this is the prepared mindset podcast I'm your host Austin and it is the last sit rep of 2023 crazy I know uh, but there's a lot of stuff going on there's things that are new and notable noteworthy even uh that we need to talk about that uh, I-, I need to you know maybe inform you guys on but B I want to talk on and share my uh, my opinions and things as always we do these once a month because they're not for everyone, and that's okay, uh, but I really like doing them because current events are really important to being well-prepared. You know, if, if there's if there's mass issues socially or culturally speaking in your, your area, those are things you should be aware of. Um, if, you know, we're going to talk about like a labor strike, something like that, well, those can degenerate. They usually don't. <clears throat> but wouldn't you want to know about that if you lived close to an auto workers plan um things were to get violent and maybe you live across the street from one in an apartment or something and you want to avoid the area i know it's kind of a niche uh you know example but it's kind of how the world works being aware and having uh adequate intelligence uh, at your disposal is Kind of something that you should be used to. So that's what these episodes are really about. Uh, I mean, I like it because I like to talk on some stuff that isn't necessarily gear and kit related. Um, it seems like a lot of you guys enjoy these, so we keep doing them uh, about once a month. Unless there's something that's very important going on, uh, then we'll drop a second one. But uh, yeah, these are really cool. Uh, I I really dig them. A little bit shorter format. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit on a couple things today. And, uh, you know, all of it is relevant stuff, uh, that's going on. And this is all for the most part off the cuff here. I don't, you know, really do a ton of prep on these, but, uh, you know, this is your first time. I think you might uh, notice it's a little bit different feel, a little bit different vibe <clears throat> than our normal, uh, weekly episodes here. So, uh, let's get right into it and, uh, gotta say thank you, right, to our Patreon patrons. Guys, I'll just keep this one short and sweet. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash prepared underscore mindset underscore pod for all of our latest content, uh, exclusive content and long form videos through Patreon and all of your support there comes right back here to doing things like upgrading mics and software and things like that for the podcast, especially as we start pushing into 2024 when we want to start getting into video content, uh, long form video, both on YouTube and on Patreon. So that's a big, that's a big plan and a big push for next year. And Patreon is a huge part of that. But aside from our patrons, you know, like I said, we, we actually, uh, did drop our first YouTube video. So if you guys, uh, are out on YouTube, you can find us out on there. You can find our channel. You can listen to all of our episodes there as well. But Josh and I just dropped an episode. It's about 20 minutes long going through our SBR setups, our Mark 18 setups, if you will. If you guys want to give those a a look-see and maybe drop some love in the comments or some criticisms, you know, if you think that we could do things better, we're we're always down to hear that. Uh, Looking forward to having an extra spicy comment section. Um, as always, you guys can check out our link tree through our Instagram. Uh, we have a, a merchandise page now too, so you guys can grab some shirts or hoodies and things around the holidays. There should be some sales going on with that stuff. Um, but we are a sponsored podcast and especially this time of year. when we talk about giving thanks and being appreciative of those, uh, around us. We have to say thank you to some of these awesome companies that, that we work with. And we're going to start with Custom Night Vision. You guys, if you are still looking for night vision and you missed out on Black Friday, maybe your paycheck didn't line up, you're waiting for your your annual bonus or something to come through, CustomNightVision.com is still your one-stop shop for all things night vision. Whether you're looking for your first monocular tube in green phosphor, white phosphor, right, Elbit, Photonis, whatever you need. They have it in stock and they do something that only a few companies I've seen, maybe even only one other company that I've seen do, and they actually upload images taken through, I believe it's called a Hoffman machine. So you can see what your tube image is going to look like. You can tell if you're going to get a a discount budget rate tube with a bunch of blems in it. And some companies, they operate that way. As long as the image itself technically meets certain figures and things like that, they will sell it and you'll get some black spots all over your tube. And there won't always be a ton that you can do with it. Custom doesn't operate that way. You guys, they want to have the most transparent and the most enjoyable purchasing experience for their customers that they can possibly offer. Like I said, if you're looking to get into your first unit, like a PVS 14 or one of the Tonto housings that you can you know, later bridge together to make your first set of binos, or if you're trying to jump into binos right <clears throat> out the gate, excuse me, you guys can check out the website. Again, it's customnightvision.com and look at the entire selection that they have in stock. So if you're looking at some 1431 Mark IIs, that's what I run. A lot of guys run those. Absolutely outstanding housing and probably one of the most popular on the market. They have a bunch of those in stock in both green and white phosphor. So if you're looking to save a little bit of money, get into a green unit. They have Katanas. They have DTNVSs guys. And if you already have your nods, and you're just looking to add a laser, add something to give you that extra bit of capability, they sell helmets from Ops Team Wendy, they have Steiner lasers and malls and optics and lights, so much good stuff, guys, you know, you can head on over to one more time here, customnightvision.com, use their in-website chat function, you can ask as many questions as you need, and go pick up some night vision today, their prices are honestly probably best in market, even after Black Friday here, you guys, head on over and look for yourself, see if you can't snag something. Also, big thank you to HRT Tactical Gear. HRT has been working with us for these past uh, probably about half the year now. We've been running their gear and their kit for about uh, coming up on six months and it's fantastic stuff, you guys. I know there is an awful lot out there to be concerned with when you're buying nylon gear and HRT makes some absolutely outstanding stuff. I've been running the load-bearing armor carrier or load-bearing adaptive carrier. They're they're L-back, which has a Tigris cummerbund and adjustable pontoon back panel that just, it spreads out the weight magnificently. I was concerned when I first got it because I just thought it was too much for me. You know, it's over-engineered and too complicated. It's really not. Honestly, it's all in the name of comfort and usability. And I've been through classes with it. I've been through night vision training sessions and field exercises now with the guys. And it's, honestly, the best carrier that I've owned. And I've worked on with carriers from several other companies and the quality is amazing. Nothing's coming loose. Nothing's coming apart and absolutely nothing's broken. You guys head on over to HRT today. Check out everything that HRT has to offer for you. And last here, but certainly not the least are our friends over at 100 concepts, 100 concepts.com. That's the website. Do good, be dangerous, live free. That is the motto. Actually, just ordered a couple of scope caps, uh, front and rear for Lexi 16 inch. We put a 3 to 15 Vortex scope on there, and they have it's a really neat feature now built in. If you're looking to buy scope caps, you can just go pick your scope model and it will populate for front and rear what scope caps you need. So you can just from that screen click add to cart. No more confusing, taking notes, bouncing back and forth. There's some other companies that give you just a weird millimeter measurement. Their scope caps and light caps are basically the new industry standard, and I just watched one of their reels they dropped. You know, it's field repairable. It's a super simple concept, and I think that's what's made them so successful, you guys. In addition to that, you can check out their pack scrim, their helmet scrim. They did just update their sling hook, uh, which is going to save your neck If you're out there doing any kind of field training with a ruck uh, and a rifle, head on over to 100concepts.com, check it out, pick up some new gear for yourself today. So thank you to everybody there, and let's just get right into it. Um, Your guys' time is valuable, and... Uh, you know, I just finished a class today. I'm, I'm really cruising. I just finished a three and a half hour course online, uh, with Lindsay from Orion training group. Highly recommend you guys go check those out. She ran an intro to uh, comms course in addition to her squad comms course that she uh, hosts through Orion. And it was awesome. Started out foundationally, got into the, the, some, a little bit, a little bit of the science behind radios work about enough so that you understand the pros and cons to the different equipment and capabilities you'll be running with handheld radios and things like that. And then proceed to get into kit and talk about what radios to buy. And there was a lot of good discussion throughout the class. It was amazing. Honestly, super, super cool experience. And it was like a hundred bucks. I do not have a problem putting that price out there because it is such a good deal for three and I, I had to leave early, but technically it's like a three hour class with a, with a one hour Q and a afterwards. So that's a really, really good deal when you guys put it out there with the the importance of that kind of knowledge and then you look at what you pay for like firearms classes, CQB courses and those instructors times. this is really important stuff and I had a great time in the class. It was very well done. I highly recommend you guys check it out as well as you know Lindsay and I have a, a pod episode where we had a great discussion too. You're looking to start running a radio even if it's a Fang, there's nothing wrong with that to start check that out. I highly recommend that you guys sign up for the class, but <clears throat> I'm cruising right through here. And I got a list of a couple things that are pretty relevant, um, in, <laughs> uh, what's going on in the world today that I want to touch on. And I think the first one that we can start with, because I can speak on this personally is the auto union strike. Um, and a lot of you guys are probably going, what the hell are we talking about? You know, uh, this for, uh, this isn't this isn't tactically related, this isn't shooting related, and you would be correct. However, it plays a huge part in our discussion around preparedness, because all of us uh, have to drive somewhere. We uh, have to have a vehicle. We have to pay for vehicles, right? Uh, And that's hugely impactful, you know? Uh, And this is why... (sighs) A lot of people in our our community are conservative-leaning, and I am too. Like, conservative values are a big part of how we live our lifestyle and things. Um, but I am a pro-union individual because of so many positive things that, at its essence, unions and labor unions have done to shape the world we live in today, right? Workers' rights, whether, you know, now whether you're in a union or not—I'm not in a union. My father is— uh, we're, we're born out of the fights and the battles of, you know, the early, uh, you know, the labor union disputes with Henry Ford and all that stuff. We all learned about it in school and all, all that good stuff. However, now we're starting to feel uh, the squeeze a little bit here. I went uh, last week, <clears throat> the day before Thanksgiving, to go talk about re-upping, getting two new lease vehicles for my wife and I. And there's a lot to be said about buying versus leasing, but you know, not having to worry about routine maintenance and things like that because it's a lease vehicle and it's brand new and the warranty and all that stuff. There's something to be said for that. you know, Fellas, if you're listening to this and you know what I'm talking about, you have know, a peace of mind that your wife, who may be driving around with your children, is in a safe, reliable vehicle. You don't want to have concerns about it breaking down and then being stuck in a blizzard and, and yada yada. Well, let me tell you that uh, right now the proposed uh, prices <laughs> on lease vehicles, uh, they straight faced, straight as a board, right? Look at me and told me that my wife's payment was going to double. And mine would, because I, right now I have a Cherokee and I was looking at like a grand Cherokee. Mine was going to over double, like you would double mine, and then add a hundred bucks on top of it. And that's what that, that, that's what the prices are at right now. Um, and part of this is because of the labor strike. Part of this is because of, with COVID, um, you know, there was the, we just burned through all of, the inventory that a lot of the automakers had, and they weren't replenishing that inventory because they weren't able to get chips, they weren't able to get uh, components and parts and pieces. And I have friends that work in the auto industry and own a dealership and stuff, and it was not something that you know they were they were just not able to deal with it. You know, cars were rolling off the lot with. Uh, incomplete heating systems, like heated seats and stuff. You get this premium package, you know, Ford vehicle or whatever, and then they'd be missing something like heated seats. And we're just rolling these off the lot, keep things moving, keep the sales going. Well, now the inventory has run down to such a point that the manufacturers who are the ones that control the rebates and control the pricing for things like leases, there's no incentive for them to offer lower lower rates and lower prices right now. And I have been told, um, you know, that that's starting to change because people can't afford this anymore. But when you look at us as a society, right, we all are basically back to work. I know there's been some changes, uh, a lot of jobs now are hybrid, certainly going in two or three days a week versus five, or if you're like me, you've been converted to a fully remote position, which has pros and cons in all honesty, um, but the strike also didn't help because that they were walking off the production line, the workers were, which meant that there was still less inventory and to an extent, uh, you know, less incentive to move vehicles. So it came at probably one of the worst times I've had a couple of people message me and talk to me and say, hey, you know, I... Same thing for me. Uh, I wasn't able to get a new vehicle or whatever. I'm probably gonna end up buying mine because my miles are so low, given that I don't drive a ton. But you know, it's something that we have to we have to consider. Um, and a lot of people want to buy vehicles like the, the Toyota Tacoma and the 4Runner, which whatever. I mean, by I, it is absolutely a, like out like astounding to me how many people will sit here and scream at me about buying Chinese-made radios, Chinese-made uh, optics, right? You can't run a fucking hollow sun. You can't run hollow sun lasers because chinese But then those are the same people that insist you go out and buy a Tacoma and a 4Runner and convert it into an Overland machine and take that thing everywhere. <clears throat> and I don't agree with either part of that completely. Like, if you're going to be about, all about American-made, good for you. But then don't, you know, go out and buy a Toyota. Uh, and there's something to be said for those vehicles and their reliability, but then you're basically making yourself, uh, look like a fool when you're trying to shittle over somebody for running a hollow sun, especially when we got stuff like the five Oh nine T out there that are like bomb proof optics that are outperforming things like the Steiner MPS. And, and, you know, I've heard the, some of the acros are starting to have issues and stuff too. Now, um, now those aren't exactly American made, but they're always, they're highly regarded as being very reliable because of the company reputation. So at any rate, the strike, uh, it, it really couldn't have come at a worse time, uh, and it's impactful because we, here's like here's the thing, we, like I said, we all drive, right? We all have to have a vehicle. We all have to have transportation. There, if you work, whether you, in, here's the thing, if you work from home, I'll let everybody know a secret who thinks that remote working is like a cheat code on life. Yes, you save money on gas and mileage, but most places have it written into your employee handbook that remote working is not under any you know conditions or uncertain terms is not to be leveraged as a replacement for childcare. So if you have a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old you're not just leaving them home all day during the summer to like you know dote over them and take care of them and stuff and then you know just be casually on your Zoom calls for work and whatnot. No, you're still in more instances than not taking them to daycare. So you have to have a vehicle to get them to daycare, which is also expensive. And this is the problem is that this is just, this is probably the most impactful blow to the general populace that we've seen in this continuing like calamity of our economy being a total shitstorm. And we got to listen to President Biden's uh, press secretary. I don't even know the lady's name. I despise her. I think she's very unprofessional and above all else, she's a liar coming out to the media. <clears throat> And telling us that groceries are more affordable than they have been over the last X number of years. Gas is more affordable. The list goes on. All these things that are more affordable. And telling us to our face through the media, through the TV, right, that the economy is in outstanding position. Uh, It's in great condition. We're we're poised for a a fantastic 2024. And then I'm at work, working in the finance industry, and we're all here, you know, holding our asses. Hoping for minimal impact in 2024 as this recession continues to roll on, which I and people will argue this point, and you can get into a whole lot about it. But I personally believe that a lot of the decisions that were made by the Biden administration in 2021 and by the Democrat backed government previous to that I mean, a lot of people will say Trump was in office, so it's his fault. Trump wanted to enact a lot of policies sooner than he was allowed to for COVID measures he got blamed for all the COVID problems based off of the, the narrative that the media pushed. Our supply chain, uh, our supply infrastructure was so just destroyed. And then we allowed companies based out of China, tied to China, to basically hold us hostage over things like chips. Because technology is so attached to everything we do. Now f- things like phones and computers, vehicles, as we're talking about here, right, are now non-available. And if you guys know anything about basic economics, as demand goes up and supply, or as demand goes up, supply usually goes down. And if supply is down, demand is up. And if demand is up, so are prices. And that makes life way more, or way less, I should say, affordable from a basic needs and essentials standpoint. And that's what we saw with all of these ships full of food, <clears throat> even stuff that's you know, packed full of preservatives and things were sitting on these ships and these harbors and because of COVID protocols. They weren't allowed to be unpacked. All that food going to waste, businesses losing money on that. So they have to raise prices to make up for it. On top of the fact that the stores can't keep things on shelves, they have to compete with demand. So prices go up further. Something I saw the other day said, like groceries are up like 25 or 30% over last year. And that's keeping in mind, like you guys, you know, you open a bag of chips, it's like half air it's like, it's embarrassing and embarrassing and stupid. Um, so vehicles are just another thing. <clears throat> and it's, unfortunately, it's not like we can't, we can look at junk food. We can look at eating out and say, we're just not going to do it. Transportation. We don't really have, you know, that, that luxury to be able to just say, I'm just not going to do it in most instances. Uh, I have a lot of, uh, friends and neighbors that are converting, are trying to find a way to convert to one vehicle. Uh, you know, because they they just can't afford the payments, or they don't want their quality of life to suffer to the point uh, where they they can't do anything because of a, of a second car payment. Um, so it's, it's a realistic issue. Um, now let's let's transition here because there's something else that we should talk about too, and that's uh, Argentina and their uh, new president Javier Milei. I think um, is how you pronounce his name. He was elected on November 19th, and uh, he's oof. Uh, a lot of people, and this is the, this is one of the things that I, I really don't like about our ecosystem, uh, the the gun community, the shooting 2A community, is a lot of people think that these grand plans to, oh, we should close all the banks, we should uh, rip down the government. And I think that there's something to be said for less government. I, I do agree with that. Um, but one of the things that this gentleman is pushing for is uh, <laughs> wanting to basically close their national bank. And get rid of it, uh, which is a pretty radical concept, even if you want to. I mean, either, either side of the aisle. And uh, again, as somebody works in finance, I have a somewhat unique perspective. I don't work in markets, so I don't really watch the stock market and things like that. But I can tell you from a basic economic standpoint, and from people that pay attention, understand your currency is backed and supported by your government's reserve. And that's, you know, that's why the U.S. dollar is as valuable as it is, because that is the currency of the United States, which does more business and more, uh, well, more business, right? Um, more commerce. That was the word I was looking for. It does more commerce than a lot of countries, which is why the U.S. dollar has been so strong in a lot of instances, right? I want to interrupt this episode to tell you guys all about our friends over at Ben Franklin Range. Guys, you've heard our episodes, you've heard our discussions, you've heard it mentioned on social media. The facility at Ben Franklin is absolutely top-notch. They're located out in Templeton, Pennsylvania, and guys, this is a one-stop shop. They have 1,200 acres of land, so whether you want to go practice some overlanding and do some off-roading, or you're looking for a facility to host a CQB class, they have a shoot house. You're looking for a place to host a shooting course. They have not one, but two turf ranges. Maybe you want to stretch out. You want to reach out to distance. They have an absolutely outstanding long distance, actually unknown distance range that is available for rent. You guys can head over to their website at benfranklinrange.com for more information, and you can reach out and contact the team there at BFR via email at info at benfranklinrange.com or give them a call. 412-439-8751. Guys, it's an absolutely outstanding facility. Cannot recommend them enough. Now let's get back to this week's discussion. So why is this important? Okay, if let's just say Joe Biden comes out tomorrow and he closes the central bank, which he can't do because of our government, but if he, if let's just pretend for a second that he could, now the value of the dollar plummets. Because now people want to trade in things that are guaranteed to have value, not just here in the US, but anywhere else. Because you know, if you go to other countries, standard vendors and things, they don't take our currency. Uh, just like here, if somebody were to walk in and go, yeah, I, got, I have 100,000 ruples, people are going to say, good for you, I need American dollars, because that's what the economy runs off of. Once you close that bank, there is no backing of that currency. Your money becomes essentially worthless which, when nobody has any money, goes straight to, ding, ding, capitalism, socialism. Um, so I get it. People don't love banks. People don't love bankers. People blame Wall Street for a lot of issues, and there certainly is some amount of blame to go around. I- I'm one of those people that um, I kind of blame some people for just thinking that they could get away with a gigantic mortgage never having to actually deal with it and just refi over and over and over and over again. Uh, but I digress. I I don't know that that's really going to have the positive impact that a lot of people think it will. Uh, I think more than likely it's going to have a disastrous impact on their economy, which is already in a rough spot down there because of the previous administration and their policies and the decisions that were made. I'm not going to get into all of that. Uh, I am in favor of change, you know, I think anybody that's, you know, starting to come into your late 20s, early 30s in this country who's starting to experience, uh, you know, life and the the hardships that we've kind of created in this new century here, you know, uh, are in favor of change. Yes, we like things like age limits and restrictions for our elected leadership, uh, bringing in new blood that's in tune with how to run the country in a way that we want. Uh, But I don't I don't think I don't think supporting this kind of mindset is uh, conducive to success. And honestly, it's just it's like right wing socialism is uh, essentially it. Um, People are so caught up in the fact that their lot in life is not what they think it should be. uh, And they're not personally accountable for it. They point to the banking institutions and blame them. And then sit here and want to say that the, you know, those that handle the economy and the banking, uh, which by the way, the banks don't set the policies, we don't even set the rates. If you guys pay attention, uh, you know, the, the finance industry does not set rates, the Fed, okay, the federal government, the Fed sets the rate. And off of that is what your banks and your credit unions and your lenders and credit cards, and everything, that's what they all work off of, which is why when you talk about Janet Yellen and people like that who would lower the Fed funds rate or raise it and things, and then you see your your rates go up and down, your mortgage, your credit cards, your loans, your you know auto loans, whatever, that's how that works. Banks are an intermediary. Uh, financial institutions are an intermediary. They don't just, you know... Um, And because of a lot of laws that were passed after the financial collapse, there has to be so much money kept on deposit, which we saw a couple of banks fail because they didn't abide by that rule. And that's why that that rule is there, obviously, Um, which the government bailed them out. Uh, The other banks actually bailed them out technically. Uh, But, you know, this is this blame, just blame the banks thing is like me blaming the guy at the gun store counter because I don't like that the price of a Glock has gone up 150 bucks in three years he's just an intermediary. His business didn't do it. Glock did. He's just keeping things going. So again, I, I don't think any of us are against meaningful change here, but to completely just burn something down. And in such a short period of time, this guy's talking about doing this in like his first 90 days in office. Uh, it, it's I, I am going to watch this very closely because I'm very interested to see what the repercussions of such action really are. Um, it could be very, very bad. Uh, and it could go it it could cause a lot more problems than it fixes. Um I will say I will say that much. Uh, and I think it's something that if you're somebody listening to this, I I would certainly welcome you to reach out and and debate it with me. Um <laughs> but you know, I uh, I as somebody who works with it and has friends who are uh, portfolio managers and they manage people's investments and things like that. You're talking about a global economy here and agree with it or not, you you would destroy your way of life in a very, very short window of time. It'd probably be it'd be a, like a express ticket to societal collapse. Um, we would go back to like a barter system. Uh, it, it would be really, really bad. Um, and I think I hope this new president. Right. Because I believe he was some kind of celebrity before he got elected. I would hope that he has surrounded himself with advisors that would caution him against this. Um, And maybe if he means means by, I'm going to close this bank, he's going to replace it with something else. And they're going to have a very strong and concerted effort at handing off the management of of that uh, banking system. But I don't know the specifics of that yet. I don't even, I don't know if they know the specifics of that yet. And it might be just something that was said to pander to the public. Um, which can be just as dangerous. Because uh, if you do things like that and you win over some approval and you don't follow through with it, that's where it gets that part where people start to really just hate politicians and you just really further you know, uh, grow the divide, um, and, and create dissent and distrust, uh, between the citizenry and the, uh, elected government. So it's a, it's a very touchy issue, especially in today's day and age, right? We're, we're already here in the U S but also globally because of social media and technology and the access, the, the, the immediate access, uh, to information and things we're already hypercritical of our own governments more, more so now than I think probably at any point in history, right? We are critical of what our governments do and we demand accountability. Now, I don't think we're seeing that accountability yet, but we have access to that information and you are starting to see some changes, which is probably a good thing. I would say that's a good thing. Uh, but it, it, it's just everything, everything moves faster now not saying we shouldn't hold our governments accountable, but everything moves faster. So you have to be very measured with how you take steps. And that's why personally, I'm always a fan of very measured decisions, um, and not jumping to early conclusions and being reactive to, to, to things and acting off of feelings and emotion. And instead making a, a good and well thought out decision, regardless of what the feelings are, because you know, that's like, <laughs> When you get in a fight with your siblings, you know, at the time they, they stole your candy and you want to punch them in the face for it. And then you realize, well, it was one piece of candy. I probably didn't need to break their fucking nose, but uh, I digress. So, you know, the, the, childishness of it all. Uh, I think that's actually a fair comparison, uh, or anecdote to use because, Uh, The way that a lot of, unfortunately, these politicians act is very childish. Uh, I I look at, uh, you know, Nancy Pelosi, you know, especially when she ripped up the speech that Trump gave and everything, um, that's a very childish way to behave. A lot of these uh, Democratic uh, or Democrat politicians are very childish in how they speak about their opposition in government uh, to the news, to the media, uh, because they believe that it's going to garner more attention and support. Uh, I, I really am not, I am just not a huge fan. Um, and now let's, uh, it, let's jump to something new here. Um, and I, I think I mentioned this in other episodes, but I, you know, we're going to touch on it anyways, because I was, uh, in a gun shop, uh, earlier this week and I traded in a couple of, uh, firearms that haven't been used in three years plus, right. And got into a new Glock 45. But while I was there, had a gentleman come in to pick up an FFL transfer from Palmetto State Armory for an AR pistol with a brace and that's what we're kind of getting to here is that the brace ban has been for all intents and for, you know purposes is uh it has been blocked all right we kind of knew this was coming there was a lot of pressure there was it took a i mean we are in December okay uh it was late November when this came through, the amnesty period ran from I want to say it was like the end of February through the beginning of June, where you could submit a stamp for an SBR and register to create uh, an SBR to your pistol, and they would waive the two hundred dollar fee. Some people did it because they wanted to do it and uh, save the money, and cool, that's that's cool. Like if you want to do it and you want to follow the rules and play the game. Uh, and still lobby against the NFA, I give you a ton of respect for that. Uh, I've made my opinions on on all of that clear several times, but the brace ban, which a lot of us, we, we pretty much knew once it saw a courtroom or several courtrooms because it was going to be appealed when they started losing, uh, we pretty much knew that it wasn't going to hold up because there are so many of these items in common place today, in common ownership, and Truthfully, there's so little proof and evidence to prove that the addition of a stabilizing brace makes a firearm more deadly. Now, there's some really, really funny videos out there on YouTube with Thomas Massey, who is a representative in Tennessee, I believe it is, uh, questioning some of these people giving presentations about how a stabilizing brace acts in the same capacity as a bump stock and essentially turns a semi-automatic firearm into a full automatic firearm. Now, (laughs) for those of you listening to that, you heard it correctly. There were actually, if you haven't seen the video, there's actually Democrat politicians and, uh, quote, experts that were brought in to present to members of the government and testify I don't know if to testify. I don't know if they were sworn in, so maybe "testify" is the wrong word. But present to the government that the uh, addition of a stabilizing brace somehow made a firearm more deadly. Now, for those of you listening that don't know the history of how we got to pistol braces, uh, maybe you're new to this or you just never looked into it, and we're just curious. Stabilizing braces were devices that were born to give a stabilized platform to disabled shooters. So people in a wheelchair who weren't able to get their full body weight behind a rifle, uh, or maybe you you know are losing, you have missing a hand or something like that. The stabilizing brace in its initial design it splits down the middle and can be wrapped around your forearm so you can fire a AR pistol or a short barreled AR platform style weapon similar to a handgun. All right. By wrapping it around your forearm, you're adding that stability, hence the name stabilizing brace. Now, the ATF approved that design and that concept and that model that using one of those did not make that firearm an SBR. It, in fact, made it a pistol. And we were good with that for several years, and then it became very popular. So then the ATF pushed back and said, oh, you can't shoulder a pistol brace. And then there was you know, litigation and time in court to prove that shouldering something is not a proper definition, and if you're actually putting it uh, against your pectoral, like you would with a regular stock, that's not shouldering the brace, and I get it. It's confusing and stupid, and the legalese behind all of it is very frustrating and very annoying. However you got to play the game to win the game. And we won. The Second Amendment crowd won. So uh, we were able to keep our braces. And for a while, it was a very lucrative industry as people created adjustable braces and things like that so that you could, within the confines of the stated law and regulation from the ATF, right? Have a brace that allows you to, you know, take your AR pistol and be as effective. And by effective, I mean, <clears throat> as accountable for all of your shots, you could be as safe as possible, which is what we all want, right? We all want safe firearms interactions. We all want a safer society and gun laws that make sense. And that's, that's the thing. A lot of people say, oh, we don't need any gun laws. And that's a totally different discussion. But here's the thing. If the goal of all of it is to make everything safer. Wouldn't you want something that's going to make you shoot better and more accurately? And with the pistol stabilizing brace, that is the overall goal and intent there. Now, as time went on, obviously we had the election, and then uh, that's ba- this has basically been something that this administration has harped on, like, religiously. is just that we need to, you know, ban firearms, we need to get rid of braces, we need to stop all of this, and they tried, they, they got a new ATF director in with Dettel, I believe it was Dettel is the guy's name now, he's a fucking fool, he was out there, there's more videos circulating him saying it would really help them if we were able to ban certain types of firearms, and I, like, and I just, I get so wound up when I watch that clown, because I'm like, all right, your agency stands for It's ATF, Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Technically Explosives, too, the ATFE. Why don't we ever hear you guys talking about alcohol or tobacco? Why is it only ever firearms? We don't even hear you guys talking about explosive ordinance. It's only ever trying to strip away common citizens' rights to own a firearm. It's the Second Amendment. It's the second most important change to our founding documentation, past the right to free speech, (laughs) And for whatever reason, uh, you know, liberal politicians just cannot stop trying to take that away. Uh, And if you want to get conspiracy theorists about it, um, you know, it points to some pretty interesting things historically when a government is able to strip away the citizens' rights to defend themselves by, you know, removing the right to firearm ownership. Again, I'm not going to get into it, because we've talked about it on other episodes, and uh, there's a lot of resources out there you guys can look up to validate that statement, but it's true. It is a cold day in hell when I think here in the United States we have that issue, but uh, I mean, it points that direction when you have a, a certain political party working so hard down that party agenda line, and that's what we're dealing with. So you guys make up your mind for yourself, but it's pretty concerning. Um, and in terms and uh, moving on to our last topic here right because we're talking about points of concern and points of interest, the last thing I wanted to bring up and mention is this is very applicable to a lot of us in the community is shotstop. So those of you guys that have been following you guys know what's going on with shotstop and i'm not uh, I'm not defaming anybody or or you know all of this stuff is on public record I've seen the court documents and a lot of you guys saw statements come out from a lot of companies. But the long and short of it, ShotStop was a ballistic plate company. And by ballistic plates, just to clarify for anybody listening, are armor plates which you would insert in a plate carrier to protect your vital organs. Okay. Uh, They were carried by a lot of companies. Uh, I believe Warrior Poet Society carried them, HRT, who's a pod sponsor, you know, HRTTacticalGear.com, if you guys want to check that out, they carried ShotStop plates and a lot of affluent influencers some of whom have been guests in this podcast, like Sam, uh, or, or prep medic, as you guys might know him, uh, they purchased shot stop plates. So what, what's the issue? Uh, essentially it came out that they were false. I don't know if it was falsification, but there was a big, big issue with the NIJ testing. They were advertising these plates as NIJ level, whatever, and NIJ approved. So NIJ, for people that don't know about how ballistic testing works here in the U.S., National Institute of Justice, they are the ones that give out the ratings for armor. So level three, level three, I don't think it's three plus, but level three and level four. Um, And basically you have to submit to their testing on a regular basis. There was a big issue that just went on with RMA and a accident where they insisted that RMA uh, had a penetration on one of their plates and their plates were no longer, uh, you know, NIJ certified which is a big deal when you're talking about you know personal protective equipment and people that carry that in law enforcement and things on a daily basis to protect their their life um, now that one with RMA, to be very clear here, the NIJ made the mistake and RMA found, got the plate sent back to him and was able to produce the piece of the bullet that was actually still in the plate. Um, it did not penetrate. So they did not fail. And all is good with RMA. <clears throat> the issue with ShotStop is they misrepresented and basically lied to everybody by saying that they were NIJ certified. And when they lost their certif, I mean, they were at some point. They got it at some point. Um, when they lost it, they did not correct it. They did not say anything. And uh, a lot of companies uh, basically put out statements. Um, I know HRT, basically the day that came out, they took it off their site. And I think they repartnered with a different company. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of uh, like I said, influencers use those plates. They were very highly regarded in things because of what they were advertised to be. Um, did see the official court documents that they are officially liquidating. So, ShotStop will cease to be. Uh, Their website is no longer taking in any new orders or anything like that. So, um, it is always unfortunate to see a company in the community fail and go under, as I think that um, we need, you know, companies in this space. And I think that when you have competing companies, it drives innovation. However, obviously, if your business model is to do things like that, and especially in like it's one thing if you're if you're selling holsters or nylon gear or whatever, uh, that's one thing. But when you're selling armor, that's like selling faulty tourniquets, knowing about it and not saying anything. So in this instance, it does appear this is probably for the best. I hope that any you know workers who were impacted by this who did not know better, I hope they find new jobs easily and quickly, um, but it is good to see that you know these things are being handled, uh, and it's a big deal, when this stuff comes to light. We just saw, again, through social media, uh, kind of the same scam or same issue that TRX Arms dealt with years back with the uh, AC Uno, the Mexican-made plate carriers that were supposed to be produced in the U.S. Um, and weren't be. Uh, news came out, and this is several years after the fact, with London Bridge which is a very old company that is very renowned for the gear that they make uh, and have several military contracts. And they had that same issue where they were told that their producer and supplier was creating and making their gear and things in the United States and was not the case. So it does happen. I think the big thing with this and what a lot of influencers, including Lucas from T-Rex, have come out and said, and uh, it's hard to argue the point, is just tell us where it's made. You know, just tell us what's up so we can make an informed consumer decision. If you want to buy armor plates that aren't NIJ rated, go ahead, but don't lie and say that they are, you know, there's the HESCO L210s are not NIJ rated because they don't have like a special threat rating or a three plus, but there's a lot of testing out there to prove how effective they are. And so people felt good about buying them. And that's fine because you're giving the consumer all of the information upfront and allowing them to make a more informed decision. You're not deceiving them in order to try and get them to purchase a product, which isn't going to do the things that you promised to do. So, um, all that to say, you know, you guys, there's, uh, there's always a lot of stuff that comes out and, uh, obviously we didn't really get to get super in depth on any one thing here, um, which, in some instances, cool. In other instances, uh, you know, I wish I could I could dive deeper. And if you guys want us to, uh, would be happy to get into any of this stuff, you know, send us a message, shoot us an email, and maybe we'll do a whole episode on one of these things. I don't know, there's a lot to get into. Uh, but uh, happy December. We're finally in the last month of the year. We are officially in Christmas season. We have passed Thanksgiving. It is finally, i uh, pretty sure it's legally acceptable to uh, start enjoying Christmas music for the next uh, 23 days, 22 days, whatever it is. And uh, moving on to Christmas in the new year and everything that 2024 has uh, in store for us. So barring any kind of catastrophe, this is the last sitrep of 2023. Thank you guys for checking us out this week and listening. And as always, uh, we appreciate your support. The Wrapped came out. The Wrapped presentation from Spotify came out. Really, really cool to see triple-digit improvement uh, in our audience and our listeners and followers and shares and everything this year for our third year in a row. Uh, it's just—it's overwhelming the the support. It's really cool. We're really happy to see that we're doing things that you guys enjoy, and that for a lot of you guys, we're one of your top podcasts that you listen to and look to for information. And I and I mean it really sincerely. Thank you, and really reach out. If there's something you guys want us to talk about, you want to hear about, there's a guest you want us to bring on, or you are somebody listening and you want to come on because you have uh, an area of expertise worth sharing information on, shoot us a, you know shoot us a message, drop us a line, man. Like we're here to talk. Uh, it's kind of what we do with a podcast. So. That's all I got for you guys uh, this week. I got to go ahead to a friend's giving here, which I'm very much looking forward to. And I hope you guys all get to spend time this holiday season with your close friends and your family, loved ones. And, uh, you know, just, just, get, you know, unplug a bit and relax and really enjoy the holidays for everything that they can be and let the little stuff go. That's all from you guys. I am signing off until next week's episode. Get out there, stay safe and work hard. Train smarter and be prepared.